0: everyone And welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co host, Parker Moon.
1: It's a full moon, and that means I'm a werewolf. It's Brett Irvin.
2: And this is your co host, Daniel Phillips.
0: And we are a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book a month and we make friends along the way.
2: I think Brett would be a really good werewolf. Why? 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 He looks like a werewolf.
0: <laughs> oh who does <laughs> um you do do you elaborate
2: just look i mean he's got he's got the nice facial hair right now he's got yeah, the yeah nice so our, our audience can't hair. see him
0: so i can see e- explain. him and just I'm, t- I'm telling
2: them exactly why he's got a wonderful swoop in his hair right now he's got the he's, nice beard uh-huh.
1: he's painting a picture i love this picture like he would
2: transform and then he would flip his hair back and boom, werewolf
1: oh and you know what
0: also he has got he's got that big fluffy tail yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> Put this in the Louvre.
1: Yeah, I do. I've been growing it. Thank you guys for noticing. Oh
2: man, um, this month we're reading *Salem's Lot* by Stephen King. I think so. Yes, I interrupted maybe. someone with my werewolf comment.
1: No, that's uh, yeah. That's the protagonist of *Salem's Lot*.
2: Yeah, it's a werewolf. Have you guys started?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, dude. I'm like sixty-ish percent. I want to say maybe, maybe not, maybe not that far. Maybe like fifty. I'm getting
1: there.
2: Brett's like 10 years ahead of us on this one since he's already read it.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm 175% of the way through.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yes, so Salem's Lot is is our book of the month, and we will be going over that next week. But before we do that, let's catch up with short stories and talk about what we're reading and what's going on in our lives. Brett, I want to hear from you. My beautiful, big werewolf friend.
1: Well, you do have limited time before the moon comes out, so. um, Exactly. We got to get your short story in. I, uh, the most exciting thing that's happened to me, other than, so Fall for Greenville was this weekend, a festival that takes place in our quaint little village (laughs) once a year. It's mainly food and drink and music. Uh, and it's really fun. And, uh, we all just hung out. I actually went again. So we all went as a f- friend group Friday night, and then I went again on Saturday to use leftover tickets. And there's a great band on stage. So I sat and watched that for a while and just kind of hung out and it was, it was oh, great. That's so lovely. But my other part of my story is Walmart tried to say that I was shoplifting.
0: <laughs> oh, Wait, hold on. This is important.
1: Were you? Well, but I mean, hey, guys, l- listen close. Get getting close. I mean, uh huh. I am not sure. I might have, but I stuck to my guns and okay. said no. Okay, this is what happened. So, I was in the checkout line, and I was just swiping. I'm I'm quick. I'm quick with it. I'm just I'm scanning stuff. I'm I'm bagging it. I'm scanning. I'm bagging. This is self checkout. This yeah. is what we do. Yeah, we scan and we bag, and then I get an yeah. alert that said you scanned wrong, and I was like, okay, and I thought it was just something they had to come clear, but what they don't tell you is, and I think it's because they want you to be like, oh, it's nothing, but when they get to you, they she's the employee scanned her card. And it shows a replay of trying to catch me stealing because there's like a (laughs) camera up above.
2: They got instant replay. Yeah,
1: it's an instant replay of me like swiping and bagging, and
2: I'm immediately like in a panic mode. He's going so fast.
1: Well, yeah, I was immediately in panic because I was like, "What? Like that? I didn't. I'm not stealing." And she was like, "She was kind of looking in my bags," and I was like, "It's right there. Like everything that you see on the screen is." And it's listed on the, the monitor. It's also in my bag. And I was very mm. like, it's there. I didn't do anything wrong. But the whole time in my head, I was like, did I accidentally put something in the bag and not scan it? I didn't look back. I just said, she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then I paid and I left. So I may have, who knows? Walmart <laughs> might come knocking on my door. Mm. The Waltons, uh, not, not singing songs. They're going to be taking me to jail. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that happened okay. to me. I was accused of shoplifting, and uh, I'm reading Fairy Tale by Stephen King, uh, and obviously Salem's Lot. So wow,
2: double Stephen King!
1: You got to in October.
2: Some dubby Stephen King for Brett this month.
1: That's uh, that's my life.
2: I went to Asheville on Saturday to some some vineyards. It's the first time I've been to a vineyard. I don't really like wine that much, but it was a a wonderful day. It was myself and Nicole and two friends of ours went out for the day and we we hit up two vineyards and we went to an apple picking farm and it was absolutely jam-packed with people. So we did not pick apples, but we did get Apple cider donuts, which were very, very good. Ooh, that looks uh, delicious. We got a dozen. They're sitting downstairs right now.
1: You'd be good at
0: picking apples.
2: I'm a tall boy.
0: You want to warm up one of those and bring it to my door?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bring you. And I'll bring you a donut after this. Um, but the only other exciting thing for my weekend was, uh, and I don't. I'm not really a college football guy. I I get into the hype with some games every now and then. But I went to Auburn. And Tennessee beat Alabama this weekend for the first time in 16 years. And it was kind of a, a hype ending. My friend John was telling me about it. Um, but the funniest part of that is they ripped the the goalpost down and yeah. they, like, threw it into the Tennessee River, which I think is so funny. That is <laughs> yeah. hilarious. But
1: my, my dad went to Tennessee. Shout out, Dad. Yeah. He he was, oh, he was him. Yeah, He was... Uh, I was actually downtown when they won. And so I called him right after and we talked yeah. for a really long time about it. But that's yeah, that's so he cool. Was, I
0: didn't know your dad was a volunteer.
1: Yeah. He, oh, uh, look at that. Both my mom and my dad. So, it
0: vol- was oh.
1: you know, I. Y- you never
0: stop learning about your friends. It's a beautiful moment
2: when we were when we were at downtown for fall for Greenville. Parker passed a group of Tennessee fans, and he said, "Go Vols," and they all <laughs> ignored <did>. him.
0: <laughs> I did. You know, and I'm, I'm I feel I'd like to I'd like to think that I'm a, a Tennessee fan f- through the extension of my brother-in-law and through Katie, yeah, um,
2: who's
0: who's married to Seth, um, and so yeah, it was it was pretty pretty exciting the group chats my family chats were like really blowing up about all that
2: it's fun seeing alabama lose
1: yeah everyone comes together
2: yeah they really do it's it's actually kind of crazy and then what i'm reading as i'm finishing up assassin's quest The last book in the Farseer trilogy. Assassin's
1: Creed, the book.
2: Assassin's Creed, the the video game. I'm reading it.
1: You're reading the novelization of the film based on the video game.
2: I forgot that movie existed until right now.
1: Michael Fassbender.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm finishing up Farseer and then I've got the Witcher series up next. And so there's like seven or eight books, but they're a lot shorter, which I'm excited about. I've heard
0: really great things about the Witcher series and and like games and TV show. And that's just like a big um, gap in my nerdy experience. You know, I played
2: I played the Witcher three and it's it's a good game. You can get on sale on Steam almost at any point for like five (laughs) dollars. So, Mm.
0: yeah, maybe I'll dive headfirst into that whole whole world at some point. Well, I guess that, that just leaves me then.
1: I guess so. I mean, we could just go to quote of the week.
0: We could, honestly. But no, let's not do that.
1: How was your weekend, Parker?
0: It was good. I'm pretty tired right now because we did fall for green Friday and then we woke up at 5 a.m. and went to Nashville to visit our good friend Carson. Um, and it was so lovely. It was the first time that we've been there in a while and we got to uh, meet her uh, girlfriend, Kel, and got to just like hang out and tour that city and ate great food. And I mean, Nashville is just a very cool place to be. Uh, but it was a very quick turnaround. So we were like there. It was nonstop. We had a ton of fun uh, for two days and then drove home last night. So like woke up first thing Saturday, came back Sunday night and so, yeah, as you can imagine, I'm pretty tired, but it was it was well worth it and had a great, great time.
2: I, I do like seeing how tired you are, knowing you had the day off, whereas Maddie went to work and then went to some other extracurricular activity after work.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know how she's <laughs> I don't know how she's doing it, how she's functioning right now. I think we're both like whenever she gets back from she's at a book club right now. Um when she gets back, I imagine that we'll probably just like fall asleep. And I think that'll probably I'm going to be tired like the rest of the week. Um, but hey, you know, this we're we're thriving. We're living. Perfect. Um, also, I'm, I'm reading Salem's Lot and that's it. You know what? Because sometimes you just wow, got to stop. You, yeah, you just sometimes you just got to stop reading f- three books at once and you just got to yeah. really focus in on one. Uh, and also that's so that I can actually finish it in time for our recording <laughs> okay. for next week.
2: Okay. Sure.
0: Uh, but I have, I've got, I've got big plans. I want to, I'm going to finish Poppy War. Um, and, and, and if I can, I wanted to try to read the ninth house, um, by the end of this month
2: well, uh, to read like quick, another scary real quick, hit me up with your Poppy War, uh, number two review. Cause I don't think you talked about it on podcast.
0: Yeah. You know, so I haven't, um, so I will, and I have, I reviewed it on my Goodreads and it's, it's just, it's such good writing and the characters are so interesting and I feel so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and like those three things are true and all consistent. And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's something that's like challenging for me to read because it's so una- like unapologetically about war and like that is the theme of it. Yeah. And you can't really like ever find a lot of hope or joy in it because it doesn't really let you breathe. And so that's, yeah. um, that, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm really excited to finish it. I think that RF Kuang is a phenomenal writer, but it does have me like really wanting to get back into a comfort read after I finish that series, uh, just so I can like feel good. I mean, honestly, feel good. You, I want to so, feel good.
2: So the reason I asked was I saw your Goodreads review and it's exactly what I thought about the first one. And yeah, I love that books like that exist. I just don't really think they were for me and the same thing I finished the first one and I was like, okay I need to read something else right now and then I just haven't gone back to it yet but I, I still want to finish it out eventually.
0: Yeah, definitely well yeah I'll, I mean I'll, I'll finish it and I'll let you I'll let you know I just it's just one of those things where like especially two books in, I feel like there's no way that the story isn't just a tragedy yeah and so knowing that especially because they're pretty big books like it's a good time commitment like subjecting yourself to you know a couple hundred pages of like stuff that you know is going to be really heavy content it's like you got to be it's you got to be in the mood you got to you got to plan around it right but yeah i mean all good all good all good things i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it out and I'll, i'll give you a full review afterwards uh, cool. Well, do you guys want to go to quote of the week, our segment where we take a quote from a listener and then live by that quote for the rest of the week?
1: I definitely think we should. And, uh, <laughs> this week that, oh, that,
2: that right? Q O T W. Oh, you spelling? you spelling?
1: Q
0: O quote of the week. No, he said it. He did it. He did okay. it. Good
2: um the the, was, the cut
0: will if you the c- quote, quote, quote cut, we'll, we'll figure it out yeah,
1: yeah, yeah i took ap english we're good is brought to us by uh mcdonald's and the quote king himself uh zach dyson uh, i probably should have said burger king never mind I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what? I, what is happening, Brett? Did you just have a stroke on the podcast? I was trying to make a joke and it just didn't come out. <laughs> you know, I think it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Are you that's okay. okay? Hey,
2: Zach, you know, Zach. Thank you for the quote, Brett. What we got?
1: Yeah. What do you have for us?
2: What could, what could it possibly be?
1: This quote is from Zach Dyson. It is. It's. It's not actually. Ha- it
0: doesn't have anything to do with McDonald's. No. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Go.
1: I'll explain later. Uh, we'll have a segment at the end of this where I explain my all my jokes. It's like an asterisk at the bottom of the page um, when you're reading.
0: Traditionally, that's always seen as really funny content when you go back and explain yeah. it later in length.
1: I mean, that's that's my brand. Uh, but this is from Zach, and it is from a novel called Lament for a Son by Nicholas Wolterstorff my apologies on the pronunciation uh the quote is words don't have to be wise they just need to be spoken which is a really lovely quote it's uh, you know in in certain situations you you really want to hit that mark and you know say something beautiful or say something that's gonna like move people to 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 action or to to like joy but sometimes you just need to say something you just need to be nope. there uh uh-uh. in that moment <clears throat>
0: Nope. No, this is this is absolutely Zach like coming at us, attacking the podcast.
1: So he's saying we're not being wise. We just say a lot. We just say a lot of stuff.
0: Yes, exactly. This is this is Zach's devious way of saying that this podcast, nothing wise is said. We're just saying words. Nice try, Zachary.
1: Not today, fella. Dethrone the quote king. Hashtag.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good try, Zach. I see through you. But no, it's a good quote. It's a a good quote. I mean, we're going to have to live by it now, which is probably timely because I don't think anything that I'm going to say in discussion will be wise.
1: Yeah, we're just that's hey, can that be actually think, Zach, that perfectly describes our podcast?
0: Hmm. I don't I don't like it.
2: I'm excited for this discussion. Parker is taking the reins this time. We have a Parker education episode.
0: Parker educational episode.
1: Me and Dan at the end will rate how educated we have become. from yes.
0: yes, you and the listeners will step into my mind palace and see all the wonderful creations and uh, and, and imagination there as we. Uh, Go on this journey and figure out all of the ins and outs, the history, the tragedy of the life of the father of horror, H.P. Lovecraft.
1: There's a lot of ofs in that.
0: (laughs) There were some ofs and some ands.
1: For a second, uh, listeners, Parker's eyes were closed as he was reciting that. And I thought he he was doing a guided meditation on hp lovecraft (laughs) so i was about to ask if we're also i can
0: adjust right now and do a guided meditation of hp lovecraft's history
1: okay are we should we also close our eyes as you
0: well i'm gonna have to keep them open now because i do have show notes i did not memorize this believe it or not it's all good so right off the bat what do you guys know about old hp
2: Um, right off the bat, I know that when I was a kid, I thought it was Harry Potter fan fiction and that is not what it is. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. Once I learned that that was not what it is, know that he writes horror stories and I know one of them is called the call of Cthulhu, which sounds really cool. And that's all I know about H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I know
1: he's, you know, inspired many, many, uh, you know, writers, directors, creators regarding fantasy and horror. Just as a genre as a whole, um, he's pretty iconic. I know he's also kind of an iconically terrible person.
0: That is correct.
1: Yes, sir. So uh, that needs to be included in every discussion. Uh, it does, indeed. But uh, I don't even
2: know time frame of this author.
1: I, like 50s? Am I wrong?
0: Yeah, yes, you are. It's uh, he, he was born... In nineteen, <laughs> sorry,
2: eighteen ninety-three. <1893. laughs> I'm very um, wrong. Yeah, Brett, yeah, Brett, you piece of garbage. I'm you gonna keep your mouth shut next time. Sack of crap.
0: This is what uh, no, we to learn. No, so I mean, I'm, I'm actually so I'm proud of you guys. You guys know well Dan Lesso. So. Brett, you know some stuff about <laughs> okay. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's an American writer of the weird science, fantasy, and horror fiction. Uh, best known for his like whole Cthulhu uh, universe mythos, um, and and he kind of inspired this like uh, weird science horror um, almost like universe or like kind of genre in its in its own right. Right off the top of the bat, I do want to address what Brett said. H.P. Lovecraft is a very problematic individual. He he really sucks and. Uh, Like, he had a lot of racist and bigoted views. um, And so that's not good. And this episode isn't going to be about, like, him being cool. But uh, he is also very, like, I guess, prolific in the horror world. Um, And as Brett had said, many authors um, and writers have attributed their inspiration and their works to um his study so i just i just wanted to to take y'all down this this path um into his life and and just we're gonna become learned individuals about about the father of of creepy sciency horror stuff in the month of october
1: let's do it it's perfect. let's do it perfect for spooky
0: yeah so uh and and this this whole this whole dude's life like just off the top Pretty sad, pretty tragic, pretty crazy. Are y'all ready? Buckle up.
1: My seatbelt is on. Click.
0: Okay. So he was the son of a one Winfield Scott Lovecraft and a Sarah Susan Lovecraft.
1: What a last name. Just, just off the, just, just real quick. Sorry. What a, what a wild last name.
0: Yeah. Off the cuff. It's pretty wild. But if you like names, you're going to be really excited in a second because it gets wilder. Um, So early on in his life, uh, his father had a psychotic episode and was committed to a hospital. The records stated that he was doing very strange things before his death. Uh, There wasn't a lot that I could find about what that meant. Mm -hmm. uh, But he was in this hospital for five years uh, and then died. Um, And they, they couldn't really give like a straight answer but they think it was syphilis okay young baby hp lovecraft and mom move into his wealthy grandfather's estate and i'm gonna take a running start at this and i I'm, i hope i can get through it because i i've i've chuckled quite a bit at the the grandfather's name is whipple van buren phillips
2: <laughs> that's, Whoa, my pops. that's my dad that's my poppy
0: it, are you related to H.P. Lovecraft?
2: Oh, you you whipping some Van Buren's over there?
0: So Whipple That's, Van Buren Phillips. Wow. Whipple. Gr- Grandpappy Whipple had money, so they were living the high life for like a little bit of time. And well, this Van is Buren early on.
2: Was a president? Eighth president. Thank you, Seinfeld. Not Whipple.
0: Whipple wasn't. Whipple had Whipple Probably had a couple related. of businesses, um, a couple of business ventures. Was an investor of sorts. Um, So he had money and he taught Lovecraft to appreciate all things, literature and reading. And from a very young age uh, and this kind of is is like a little weird, but like Lovecraft was reportedly like he learned about Santa and about other like myths, like the uh, uh, like tooth fairy and stuff. And then had decided off of that, he was an atheist and that like, Nothing was real, oh. like no, no okay. religion or anything. Which, like, uh, you know, like now, like probably people wouldn't bat an eye at. But they, I think it's mostly weird because he was so young. Yeah. But also, like back in the day, like that oh, was a yeah. very bold thing to claim yeah. as a young child.
1: I assume he loses Whipple money because of that.
0: No. Instead, uh, love clap. Also, th- this this side side note. Uh, uh, Lovecraft and his mom had like a really unhealthy relationship like kind of uh, like psycho or like Jason Voorhees style apparently and I, I might be like overstating it but she was like really all about her her boy. Obsessive. Very obsessive after the death of his father
1: mm-hmm.
0: and doted on and made him the center of the universe that whole type of deal. That's That's kind of going on in his early childhood yeah. so he goes from this like no father out of the picture to being very wealthy and being doted on by his mother, learning about literature. Then tragedy strikes again when his grandmother dies. He's only five at the time, so still, like, very close to his father's death. Right. Um, and this is apparently when he was reported to have his first nightmares that would influence the greater bits of his work. Wow. And a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's, like, monsters and, like, Cthulhu and all that stuff were apparently creatures of his nightmares which is uh kind of spooky. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's scary. Man, that is if the way that they're illustrated and described, that's pretty terrifying.
0: Yes. Um another kind of weird fact and and guys, uh <laughs> the you know, doing the research on this, a lot of my sources are going to be like trust me, bro and Wikipedia. Because I, when I tell you I didn't do like a lot, like I didn't go find like a bibliography and read it. So this is, if you want to find out more about HP Lovecraft, you can. I'm not the end all be all.
2: You're my end all be all. That's You're, oh, you're
0: just you. a
1: messenger. You're just sharing, you're just sharing a story. That's all this is. We're around a campfire yes. right now. Just, just okay. swapping stories. Well, I have,
0: I have another weird one to throw at you. Okay. So... Also, in his young life, he started reading texts about, like, the human reproductive system Hmm. and then just decided he's completely uninterested in sex and had, like, um, you know, I guess before it was, like, a a term was just, like, decidedly asexual as a
1: person. Yeah. So, yeah. That's – yeah, he's making uh, a lot of big decisions early. A lot
0: of big decisions that were all, like, kind of – and I I don't know, you know, a lot of this is – um guesswork or right. conjuncture. Right, yeah. No one knows it was,
1: exactly when he made his mind up on this stuff.
0: Yes, and but a lot of it is definitely influenced by his uh, unconventional upbringing and tragedy. Right. Um, Cam, so,
1: you know, it sounds like he went through a lot early in the first, like, five years of his life.
0: Oh, it doesn't get better. At the age of 14, OHP's G-Pappy Van Buren, that's Whipple Van Buren Phillips, has... A collapse of all of his business ventures; they lose all of their money.
1: Is that in the stock market crash? No, that um, no, no that would this have is been in this is early at- 1900s. Never mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is still this is still very early 1900s. Um, but he does he does lose his money. He has a stroke and dies. Um, hmm. So this means that uh, around like in his mid adolescence, he goes from having all this money and support. From his grandfather to being destitute with his mother and aunts, aunts, they live together. Okay, um, and this puts him in a severely dark, like, place in his life, uh, where he's having health concerns, fits of anxiety, panic attacks, uh, caused by just a lot of death that is early on. Right. This is also when he starts to write more. Um, And so you kind of see the two things tied in like the tragedy and him writing and but it it just gets it gets really weird um, from here. So uh, like a lot of neighbors reported like hearing his mom and him have fights. But then also people said that it was actually him and his mom acting out Shakespeare. Um, And in my notes, I said, I don't know, man, because I just couldn't (laughs) find any like real evidence (laughs) either way. (laughs) Some things were saying that his mom was abusive and some things were saying that him and his mom had a great relationship during all this. It's all, you know, it's all weird. Yeah. um, And wild. We're still in early, early life um, as a writer. Now, during this time is when he starts writing his like actual works. He makes some connections um, in like the literature community. Um, in fact, one of the things that I found that I thought was interesting was a a way that he like got involved with literature was there was like a a columnist who was writing, uh, kind of like cheesy romance stuff in newspapers. Yeah. And he kept writing to them and being like, Hey, this is trash. Like this is garbage. This is not good writing. And then somehow that got him connected with like the publisher. And then they were like, okay, well like you write then. And then he did. (laughs) And he also in this like he he this is where he like makes his uh like kind of band of 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 writers. One of the people that he was like writing buddies with was the guy who wrote um, John Carter.
2: Oh no way for yeah, Mars! The,
0: yes, the Mars. John John Carter must die is what I wanted to John say, Carter. but that's not right.
2: John Tucker must die. John John
0: Tucker John, Tucker, he, John Carter must die. The classic. Martian war sci-fi book. Yes. So HP at this point in his life, this is when he like, he's starting to see success. So you see this kind of like rise, not, not like well-spread. Like he he never really gets famous in his, in his lifetime for his works, but he's starting to publish some stuff. He's starting to write his like most well-known works. He has this like band of people who he's like writing with and they help him with his writing and he does the same for them. And it's also coinciding with the time where he becomes pretty much a very horrifically racist and bigoted person. He, you know, is very racist against the black community and very bigoted against the Jewish community, um, says some very problematic stuff and is a big shithead.
1: (laughs) This was in his... uh was he, did he do like newspaper writing or at all? Or at all, or was this mainly just through his normal literature works that he like became this terrible, terrible?
0: Um, I know that he was quoted saying some really bad things, and I think it was in some of his works where he just like would write his yeah. thoughts. just the themes
1: and stuff were were not
0: well, not even like thematic. Like he would just like write like, "Oh, here's my thoughts on." Up yeah and it it would just it's it's all it's all bad it's all bad so um yeah not a good guy um okay so now we we're entering into hp's uh like writer era you know and also his villain era is where we're at
1: can i what do we did you say did i miss do we know what the hp stands for
0: uh, do we know what the HP stand for? That's Howard Phillips Lovecraft. I, th- <laughs> I, I don't think I had click. said that. <laughs> click, yeah, click, 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 um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, don't think I said that, but it's Howard Phillips is is
1: HP. Gotcha. Okay. Villain era.
0: Villain era. Uh, he, uh, he, he's kind of like become more outgoing, and uh, you know, he's starting to. You know, have more of his good written works created, um, and then a- as the cycle goes with this this uh, man's life, he has another another tragedy strikes in his mid late twenties, um, where Susie, his mother, falls ill and dies shortly after. So he just he just really can't catch a break with yeah. family members dying. So now he's um, and solo. Yes, and then this is when he really gets into just, like, hardcore depression. Yeah. But, in, a, in, like, kind of a weird turn of events, it's also in, like, the same, around the same time frame of his life where he meets uh, Sonia, who's at, this lady at a journalist um, convention who's, like, a little bit older.
2: Okay. He has books published at this point, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Um, and so he meets, uh, Sonia Green, uh, and they're like at, at, a, at a journalist convention and he, sorry, sorry. I should say that like his, ment- his, not only mental health, his physical health took like a really big dip during his mother's, uh, like after his mother's death,
1: yeah.
0: um, where he had some like really bad, uh, like crippling, uh, like depression That's responses. For, okay. Um, and a- again, I think just because of like the time period, it was never really diagnosed. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so he's just he's gone through the ringer of like mental and physical like disability. Right. Um, and then so it- it's just it's just roller coaster up and down. But then he meets Sonia Green, um, who becomes his wife. And for some reason, and I again I don't I couldn't figure out why, <laughs> but his aunts disapproving did not like Sonia. Okay. Sonia was a big no for them.
1: Now. It makes you think, like, were the ants part of his, like, racism and bigotry, and that's why they didn't like her, because maybe she was the opposite, or was it the reverse kind of thing? Like, do we know if Sonia like, what kind of person Sonia was? We don't uh, have to go no, into No,
0: I, I did not find out much about Sonia Green. I really should have. You know, I'm, hey, I'm thinking about good. this research episode, and... I took things at face value without thinking like, Hey, they might ask questions about this. So, you know, this is a learn, this is a learning experience for me. So thank you for asking good questions. Next time I will know more about why the ants don't like the relationship. (laughs) No,
1: no, that's, (laughs) that that is the Um, deepest cut, most unnecessary question. So just continue with your discussion. It's fine.
0: They got married. They moved to Brooklyn Uh, this is a a good upswing in Lovecraft's life, um, and she was, like, supporting him
1: financially. Yeah, I can't imagine he was making a whole lot of money in his life, because... Right, yes, he he was pretty destitute. Super popular at all, at the time?
0: Yes, that is correct. Um, And it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting relationship in the sense that, like, uh they were like lovers but people didn't know if that meant like in in what sense because he had also claimed that he was like asexual or not really attracted to like that right. type of thing um but she but he did like uh like gain weight and like was like becoming more healthy and she was like helping him i guess like become a person again right
1: recover somewhat
0: yes but tragedy strikes again.
1: <laughs> Guys, that's th- I,
0: there's yeah, there's not a lot I, there's not really a lot. Uh this this is where things get a little weird, so bear with me because I couldn't really figure out what ha- like what was the full story. Um but so she was financially supporting him while he was doing his writing and then she also lost her business Ooh. and assets in some sort of like bank failure. Um, and Lovecraft did not have enough money to support her so she ended up moving away oh. and he decided to stay so he um he stayed where he was at where she, and she relocated to Cincinnati and they just like didn't. Sorry, he's in New York at this point. I don't. I don't think I've done a very good job of just setting the scene. Did I? They moved
1: to Brooklyn. You said. I remember. Oh,
0: okay. Thank God. Pretty good. Um, Yes, I honestly don't remember what I've said and what I. I feel like I did a whole bunch of like learning myself about this, and then my notes. I'm looking at them. They're pretty piss poor.
1: Um, So it turns out, no one really wants to move to Cincinnati um everyone hates she, he he's
0: so badly one did not want to move to cincinnati <laughs> that he just let her move and then also she
1: became ill and then i there's like it's probably uh, he didn't um it's kind of sad that he's not a big fan of skyline chile and so he didn't want to move there i think she that's really
0: what it, yeah that. it's I, like I saw um, something like it's a footnote
2: it's like when you're in like first grade and you tell someone Hey, you're my girlfriend. Hey, you're my boyfriend, and then you just they don't have to do move. Anything. Well, you just don't do anything, and then when you're like 25, you're like, huh, I'm still dating that person from first grade. Yeah, we never broke yeah. up. We're still together. Right. It's like that.
0: Yes. So, um, anyways, the, uh, guys, this is this has been a roller great. coaster. I am so sorry. I great. feel like this has just gotten wild in my brain um, but
1: we're learning they kind
0: it. of are separated and uh lovecraft then finds a single room in an apartment in new york and then he was burgled and left him the only thing he had was the like the clothes on his back
1: i'd like to think that maybe this was karma for his yeah you know I, I don't i bigotry. don't know but
0: He's a very haunted, just like a, like his life, like learning about it is just like, there's not good. Like it's, it's very right. tragic. I mean, he's, he's obviously like a, a bad person and like, you know, has some horrific views. Uh, but it does beg the question of like, did he ever have a chance at like right having a normal life? Because right. homie was just haunted. Yeah. Um.
1: From, from the beginning.
0: Anyways, so after this, like, burgling and uh, his wife kind of leaving him or him not following her, again, I couldn't find much much sense there, Uh, he was, quote, left with just a sense of horror and oppression uh, which threatened to master, paralyze, and annihilate him. Um, During this time, he was at, like, the peak of his depression, but it was also when he wrote the outline for The Call of Cthulhu, um, which is what Dan had mentioned earlier, which was his most significant, uh, like work that he had completed, ever. And he also wrote something called the Supernatural Horror in Literature, and I think that was also it was he, like one of his most influential essays during yeah. his time. He has a very um,
1: writer lifestyle, or not lifestyle, very writer like tragic history. Well, yeah, it's, like, it's one of those it's like things where like classical painter.
0: Right, yeah, it's, like, one of those things where, like, it's 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 really sad because, like, I I, I don't subscribe to the thought that, like, people need to be tortured for right. them to put out good art. Yeah. But in this case, he definitely, like, there was, like, th- like uh, themes of his life were, like, during his depression and, like, r- you know, real-life suffering is when he, like, kind of churned out his, the stuff that at least he was, like, known for
1: Yeah.
0: yeah um, or remembered for. Uh, Yes. And this kind of honestly just has him like after this spiral into uh, like the rest of his life. He moves back in with his aunts after a while and he just like he's still writing
2: to this um, day, but
0: still still writing to this day. Um, No, but then he he kind of just like deteriorates more or less. Like it, it gets it gets pretty sad again, um, but essentially like he doesn't get diagnosed like but he's going through something that's like killing his body essentially. Yeah. Um, but he like refused to get examined. Um, He referred to his affliction as gripe or yeah, I think just gripe um, or the gripe. And it wasn't until like very close to the end of his death where he went to the doctor's. Uh, and then they diagnosed him with cancer, uh, but oh, wow. they, it, it was that thing where he was—it it had like riddled his body at this yeah. point. Um, so he—he was—he remained there hospitalized until he died um, in in 1937. So he did not live a long life either. So he that that I mean that that's it. He he went from uh, this kind of like ping-ponged life of. Uh, you know, getting tossed around from these scenarios that were kind of outside of his control and him writing in these like really dark parts of his life and then died at the age of 46.
2: That's young.
1: That is, yeah, that's very
0: young. So, um, but it did lead to this literary movement essentially after, more so after his life had ended, um, which is like referred to as like cosmicism, Okay. Um and and that's like all like the the stuff with like Cthulhu and his like kind of extended like extra dimensional Lovecraftian monsters. horror right extra yeah. dimensional monsters it also started a cult of sorts where people started to like believe in Cthulhu yeah. and like worship that kind of stuff
1: I could definitely see that
0: Yeah very very weird um and interesting but uh it, it it's just it's it's uh, wild, a wild life. Um, but to this day, you have some of the most like es- esteemed horror writers um, who have taken inspiration from them. Some of the people I found that were like ha- had credited HP Lovecraft's works to giving inspiration to themselves were obviously Stephen King, um, Alan Moore, Gim- Guillermo de Toro. I know he's a, a-, a director, but, um, but yeah, still, I mean,
1: he's iconic credits
0: him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and many, like many others, yeah, that is that is that's the life, the tragedy of of H.P. Lovecraft.
1: Damn. Yeah, it's. Uh, hey, guys, was downs. that fun? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you all how do you all feel? I feel like I learned a lot. Um, I didn't I I only ever knew like some of the stuff that he had done. I didn't know about his his life and how uh, mm. deeply depressing it was. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, one other, one other thing I should mention uh, that I I haven't I haven't watched it yet, and Brett, you have, so you can probably speak to this Love more. But I, I country. found country. Yes, I so I found um, one thing that I felt was very interesting was I, one of the most recent like uh, big inspirations from Lovecraftian work or, or HBO Lovecraft's work is obvious. The, the the HBO series Love Path, Lovecraft Country. Yes. Um, so good. And and this is a. a jordan peele i want to say so it's
1: jj abrams and jordan peele
0: yes so both incredible like directors um, and writers they work together to create this and i haven't seen it so brett you can probably speak more into this but it's very intentional about apparently kind of um like peeling back the the really like Shitty parts of HP Lovecraft's yes. life, like notably the racism, yeah. and like flipping that on its head, and then telling this story about um, just like how people can be the greatest monsters. Yeah. Um. So 100%. that's very interesting to me. And when I read that, I uh, when I was doing research for this episode, I was like, man, I I really want to go back and uh, check that out.
1: It's um. I was literally going to bring it up, so I'm glad you, that you did. Um. It's been one of my f- on a, probably all time like favorite. Unfortunately, it did get canceled after the first season because I don't think it got as much hype as I wish it would have. Because it is very—I mean, it's based on Lovecraftian themes, so it's kind of like an extra-dimensional like horror type show. So I could see it didn't get as much traction as as mm. as hoped. But yeah, oh, it,
0: Stranger Things was another one. Sorry, my brain is bouncing oh, yeah. around still, but that was another one that. Uh, I saw was took a lot of, um, inspiration Duffer brothers.
1: But so it's basically like the action direction of like, uh, JJ Abrams combined with like, like you said, the, the themes of a Jordan Peele where they take, you know, the bigotry of Lovecraft and they flip it around and it's based in like civil rights era, uh, just like America. Um, and it really, you know, digs into those themes, um, of racism, like heavily just to, you know, to face it head on. And it's obviously based in his world using his, you know, creatures, all that kind of stuff. So incredible show. Um, it has, uh, the, the main character is, um, Jonathan majors, who's going to play Kang the conqueror in uh, the Avengers movies. Um, it's, it's so good. Um, and I wish it had gotten another season, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. And it really, um, is a, like you said, it's, it's, it's best for it's Jordan Peele, uh, taking on those, those themes of, uh, racism and bigotry. Um, but yeah, so it's, please go out and watch that show if you can.
0: Well, that, uh, I think that concludes, I mean, that concludes everything I, I had, and i i hope you all don't have any questions because i i likely cannot <laughs> answer them as we have seen
1: hey you've done great you've answered a lot um we i've i'm i've learned that was the, that was the whole goal and i know our listeners have so
0: you know so now we know you know and also like it i think i did a service because it was not fun learning about all this stuff to yeah. say um uh, always so uh so to speak so yeah. um i mean yes. yeah, i just i did the the legwork for you and now you
1: know a little bit about hp lovecraft
2: and well thank you
1: just like you it's now it, it's it's it pains it probably pains all of us because it was he had quite the depressing life but you know you got to learn about stuff like that well you now, you father, now you know the father now you
0: know right, it's it's the he's inspired so much horror and yeah. stuff in our modern day. so right. yeah, and, and you um, know. now you know just a little bit more. Honestly, you know what? I really wanted to do this entire episode so that I could say Whipple von Buren Phillips. <laughs> okay, I don't blame you, honestly. and we didn't talk enough about Whipple von Buren Phillips, but that's they're sh- honestly more interested about Whipple von Buren Phillips,
1: yeah, that'll be next episode. yeah, um, and do An entirely- everyone do listeners do your research on him as well? Um, but yeah, yes. next time, next time you're watching a horror movie or reading a horror novel, maybe you'll pick out some sort of Lovecraftian theme and be like, oh, whoa, I know, I know about that guy. So, so yeah. Whoa. Crazy. Maybe. Let's
0: bookmark it. Um, thank you so much listeners for tuning in, uh, for another episode of our book ends with friends, uh, uh, October extravaganza where we've been just doing some spooky themed episodes. Uh, Thank you uh, for everyone who's been sending in quotes of the week. Please keep sending those in. You can find us at bookendswithfriends at gmail.com or Instagram is bookends underscore with underscore friends. Um, And uh, we also are on Goodreads and stuff if you want to keep up with other things that we are reading. Um, Speaking of reading, have Salem's Lot finished by this week uh next week if you want to be a part of that discussion send us in your discussion questions if you want anything talked about specifically on the show
1: yeah or just Um, stephen king related too like
0: oh yeah yeah send us some stephen king stuff
1: let's talk about him is that it uh did we gotta thank uh
0: We got to thank Jacob,
1: Jacob, Jacob Robinson. We got to thank
0: Jacob. And what, what you can't, don't forget about Maddie.
1: Well, yeah, I was, well, I was going to say our, you know, we, we already mentioned a previous episode, but our, uh, our great Halloween themed, uh, intro song, which we all love and I think have listened to over and over, um, like (laughs) the record scratch intro. We're all big fans. And yeah. So thank you, Jacob, for creating that, uh, that spooky theme for us. And then uh, Maddie Moon for her wonderful art as well. Thank you both so much. Yes,
0: thank you both. Y'all are delights. That wraps us up. Dan, send us home.
2: And never forget the real Cthus or the Ulus you made along the way.
1: That sounds great. <laughs> All right.